Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Thursday, December 7th, 2023. And our top story today is the Social Security cost of living adjustment in 2024. Enough. And joining me now to help break it all down is David R. Baker. He's a partner with Harvest Investment Consultants. David, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you, Jeffrey. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good. We're going to talk a little bit about inflation, Social Security, the cost of living adjustment this morning. Um, let's start just for a baseline, the rate of inflation. Uh, where do we stand today um, in 2023 in terms of the inflation rate? Uh, well, just a quick definition uh, just to share with everybody. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics defines inflation as the upward movement of goods and services prices in the economy. So the cost of everything, right? So that's all measured and mapped uh, on many different indexes. Uh, and those numbers are reported every single month. So we get a lot of that data. It's all out there uh, for us to kind of derive where we think it's going. And that's probably the biggest thing is where do we think that those numbers are going? But the October CPI, which is Consumer Price Index, uh, which measures inflation, had two readings. One is what we call the headline reading, which was 3.24%, uh, which is down from the cycle highs of about 9%, which was the middle of last year. And that is down from the start of the beginning of, of this year um, at about 6.4%. So the other reading that we get is what we call the core inflation rate. Uh, which is about 4%. And the only real difference there is that they measure uh, different readings uh, and they include different things in those readings um, inside of those numbers. So, yeah, I mean, real, and I love, look, we love definitions. And I think that's very helpful in terms of establishing a baseline. So David, with 2023 as a baseline, um, where do we expect things to go in 2024? And again, not a perfect science. Neither of us speaks Fed. Um, but, but where do, where is the, uh, the bulk of, where is the bulk of the thinking in terms of inflation for 2024? So to, to start consensus estimates, as they call it, uh, is a very well published number of different, uh, Fed heads as, as we were sort of alluding to, um, and the first half of 2024, based on those consensus estimates, uh, is coming in around the two, around the high twos. Uh, to about 3%. Um, one of the research companies that we heavily use uh, call, uh, called Hedgeye Risk Management, uh, they come in a little bit higher and we've found them to be a little, uh, little more on the, on, the, on the nose with these numbers um, that the consensus is gonna be about three and three and a quarter, 3.25%. So, um, I mean, honestly, forecasting, like you said, forecasting the CPI for any year, let alone next year, remains a difficult proposition because there's so many different variables, Fed policy, energy prices, geopolitical risks like we're seeing now, just all kinds of factors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really need like one of those eight balls when you, you're a kid and you, you, um, you, you kind of shake it up. David, let's talk a little bit about Social Security because the cost of living adjustment was announced at 3.2%. Is this enough of an increase, the increase on Social Security for 2024, to overcome the inflation that many people, including our retirees, are going to face? 
I mean, it's a great question. Um, again, no straight answer on that, but let, uh, if I could, let me take one step back and maybe explain a little bit about COLA uh, for those folks that might not fully understand it, but the, the COLA or the cost of living adjustment is an in increase uh, to the social security payments, which counter counteract the effects of rising prices uh, or inflation as we've been talking about. So for 2024, for approximately 71 million Social Security recipients, uh, that increase is going to go up, like you said, to 3.2%. So just as a historical note, in 2023, uh, the largest Social Security increase in four decades was given for that year, and that was 8.7% to, 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 again, deal with the high rate of inflation from the prior year. So just as an example to answer your question about how you whether we're going to be able to overcome that or whether retirees are going to be able to overcome that. Um, Medicare Part B premiums in 2024 will rise to $174.70 per month, uh, which is about a 5.9% year-over-year increase. So that's one example. But outside of that example, if, if, for instance, inflation projections are correct, with the rest of uh, the rest of the prices, including uh, you know, some of the other factors that we need to take into consideration, the, the cost of energy, cost of food, all those kinds of things, and you go into the realm of the two high twos to three percent, uh, then the three point two percent increase will, will indeed keep up with what we call the purchasing power to counteract inflation. The other side of that coin is that retirees that are more on fixed income, uh, they rely on their social security benefits to, to pay for those largest expenses, again, food, energy, and shelter. Uh, if the CPI numbers uh, run hotter than expected, then then that COLA increase, it may not be enough to keep people in their, their current living, uh, standard of living. So. so David, for retirees on fixed incomes, and, and you know, a lot of people aren't, some people are working in retirement, maybe they have part-time jobs, but for most, Retirees are on fixed incomes. They have limited retirement resources. What's the best approach from your perspective in terms of tackling inflation in retirement? Yes, I mean, and, and it varies across uh, the, uh, the spectrum as far as the retiree's own economy. Um, so to say the least, it's challenging at best. So depending on the stage of retirement that somebody is in, either uh, re retirement when they are pre-retired or early, middle or late retirement uh, really answers that question better. But one thing to consider is that those retirees that do have retirement assets set aside can typically beat inflation through having the investment returns greater than the inflation results, which is definitely going to help them offset those price increases. So other strategies that are that are more relevant today are, are things like taking advantage of the timing of when Social Security payments happen, maximizing the amount of payments for retirees and their spouses, uh, taking you know making sure that the planning out for the future needs is what they address today. So I would say really to answer the question best, there's really four or five different specific things that that retirees should do every single year 
which includes annually reviewing those, uh, those income streams, annual retirement plan distribution planning, um, reviewing the healthcare and other expenses that they have. And if they do have additional savings or uh, additional income, I should say, adding that into savings and then just a general understanding and review of the budget on an annual basis is, is critical. Yeah. I remember my mother uh, actually coming to me one time and she had actually gone through her her gap policy, her her additional healthcare policy. And, and she said, you would be very proud of me. What I did was I just went through and I compared prices and I, and I got something, same coverage at a better price. So that's, that's what you hope for. Yeah, I mean, it, it is... And we'll get, we'll talk about this in the second segment, but you really do have to develop a, per, a, a plan and refine it each and every year and, and at a minimum. David, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the markets and a lot more. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by David R. Baker of Harvest Investment Consultants. David, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, fun, 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 fun. Um, so David, uh, coming up on the end of the year and it's been, look, the last couple of years uh, since the pandemic have been really, I would say, pretty volatile. And I, I want to start off by asking you, how have markets in general performed in 2023? I think you you said the right word, which is volatile. But uh, but to hone in on the numbers, the, the, the year to date, as of today, the last day of November, uh, the market has performed better than expected um, with the S&P 500 currently at plus 18.52 percent so in order to put that into context there's like you said there has been really since the pandemic but specifically this year uh there's been very large bouts of volatility january through february a bounce uh, march flat returns uh, double digit rallies through july 
uh, pullbacks again through October and then you know skyrocketing returns uh, from from there to now. So again, volatility at the least. So yeah. Well, David, clearly the S and P has really done well, and I know you talked about volatility, but are there specific areas of the market, and we call them typically in the industry sectors? Uh, but are there specific sectors of the market, areas of the market that have outperformed others in 2023? Oh, I mean, no doubt. There's there's been huge differences in uh, in market sectors performance and and in well inside of companies inside of these market sectors there's been huge variances uh, there's uh particularly in seven to eight of the top companies that everybody hears about uh particularly to the rest of the entire entire market so um just as an example again we talked about the S&P 500 being up year to date 18.52% the top three sectors that have performed uh, include consumer discretionary, information technology, and communication services. And, and interestingly, interesting inside of those numbers, if you break those down, uh, the concentration in sometimes referred to as the magnificent seven stocks um, is, is pretty stark. So just as an example, inside of the consumer discretionary sector, the returns in that sector have been about 32.69%, almost almost double of what, uh, what's been happening in the S&P 500. And inside of that, something we call concentration or the top companies that are in there, uh, there's two very widely known ones. That includes Amazon, which is 25.3% of that index, and Tesla, which is 13.9%, which means 39.20%, almost 40% of that sector is concentrated into two different companies. Um, and again, the information technology, we know the Apples, the Microsofts, NVIDIA's, which has been the, the big, big winner this year, Google, uh, Meta, and Netflix are in the communication sector. And, and they're all up, again, just as high, 50% in one and uh, you know, over 51% in the other sectors. Yeah, a little bit different of the Magnificent Seven. When I think of Magnificent Seven, I think of Yul Brynner uh, and, the, and the Western. I like it. Yeah, and, and in fact, when we when we talk about uh, market participation, or we call that breadth, um, in, in terms of the entire amount of companies, again, we talked about this Magnificent Seven or Eight, if you in, in include Netflix in that. But uh, we'll, the, the those particular companies themselves, it's going to be interesting to see, again, we're at the end of November, it's going to be interesting to see if these companies can hold their gains going into the end of the year. But we've, we've got a lot of different economic numbers, a lot of headwinds, recessionary signals that continue to suggest that maybe the economy is again heading for another course correction, like we've seen throughout throughout this year. All right, David, I, you know, we talked about the market, but I, I can't let you go without talking about interest rates and how it relates to savings accounts and certificates of deposits. I think these have become a little bit more attractive given the uh, position of the central bank. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, obviously this year with the volatility, there's been a lot of money that has been put away to stay out of the volatility. So the, the, the national average yield for savings accounts, according to bankrate.com, is about 0.6% percent APY annual percentage yield as of uh, November 27th. So I give you that number, 
but yet many of the online banks uh, have seen saving rates much higher than these rates. So there are a lot of different avenues for existing cash. Uh, we've seen great opportunities as well, uh, specifically due to the rising interest rate environment that we've been in, in the fixed income market, which is investments in U.S. treasuries, certificates of deposit. I mean, we've seen some of these things yielding north of 5% for, for periods of three, six, nine, and 12 months, which is hasn't been seen in a long, long time. Yeah, not since I was a kid in the 70s and the 80s. I mean, those, David, those were significant rates back then. And look, they've, they've climbed. They've climbed for the first time in, in recent history. Amazing. So, I mean, I would just suggest that uh, anybody that is reviewing their cash, take a look at three different ways to invest it. First one is obviously your accessible checking, pay the bills every month. The second would tier would be something along the lines of a savings or a money market, anything you would need within a year. Uh, and then that final third tier would be things that you can get into in investment accounts that involve, again, these treasuries and certificates of deposit, things like that. I think uh, that's a great way to take advantage of where rates are. Yeah. Well, David, we're going to have to leave it there. Great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks so much, Jeffrey. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more at all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Bolts. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget... Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.